you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. Hi, this is Larry Mantle, host of Air Talk on KPCC. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had a daily segment on Air Talk devoted to the latest information about COVID-19. As time's gone on, we've looked at vaccines and how the virus and pandemic have affected the lives of Southern Californians. That includes doctors, nurses, epidemiologists, and other medical professionals fighting the virus on the front lines. In each episode, of this podcast, we'll speak with one of our experts on the rotating panel of AirTalk guests who will be sharing their expertise with us daily. You can also listen anytime at las.com, kpecc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. We're very pleased to have back with us on AirTalk to look at COVID-19, Professor of Nursing and Public Health at UCLA, Dr. Kristen Archoy. She's registered nurse practicing at Gateways Hospital based in Echo Park. Professor Choi, it's so good to have you back with us on AirTalk. Good morning, Larry. Thanks for having me on. So let's start, first of all, with uh, some news that we got from uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci today, uh, who said that booster doses of the two mRNA vaccines that are approved here, the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, likely offer a substantial increase in protection against the newly uh, found Omicron variant. Dr. Fauci said at this point, there is no need for a very specific booster designed especially to fight Omicron. Your thoughts about what he said about the effectiveness of the boosters? Yeah, I absolutely agree with Dr. Fauci on this one. Uh, You know, we've seen some really interesting data coming out of South Africa about the effectiveness of existing vaccines against the Omicron variant. And, you know, the best evidence that we have is that uh, from the Pfizer vaccine. And in South Africa, they found that the Pfizer vaccine, the two doses, are only about 33% effective against the Omicron variant, which is a pretty big reduction. However, if you get a booster, that goes up to 75% protection. And so uh, we certainly see a lot of benefit from boosters. And as we're uh, seeing Omicron really spreading quite dramatically and in a way that's very alarming, uh, boosters are a really important step that everyone can take. Uh, Certainly, as we're thinking about going into the holiday season, um, boosters seem like they will offer quite a bit of protection and that there won't be a need for a variant-specific specific booster in this case. So it, it appears, as you look at this these this early evidence, that we likely will see an increase in breakthrough cases of COVID-19 with Omicron. But it appears that when it comes to um, you know, severity of, of symptoms or hospitalizations, like we're not going to necessarily see an increase in that for those that are boosted. You know, it's it's a bit difficult to say at this point because things are still so early, but that is what a lot of infectious disease experts are really predicting. Uh, there was a fascinating study that came out this morning uh, from a university in Hong Kong looking at the transmissibility of the Omicron variant. And what they found is that when the variant is in your uh, your windpipe and your bronchus, the upper part of your lungs, it spreads dramatically faster than Delta. They estimated about 70 times faster. Wow. Seven zero times? 
Seven zero, yes. But uh, when it gets into your lungs, the Omicron variant they found spreads 10 times less effectively than Delta. And so seeing that there's more spread when it's in that upper part of your lungs, the researchers concluded, and this was an early lab study, again, not done in humans, uh, that that might be a reason why this variant is seeming to be more transmissible. But uh, we are at this point not seeing evidence that it's leading to much more severe illness. Uh, that being said, I, I think one other point to make on the boosters is that in the United States, we are still in a situation where Delta is the dominant variant. We are seeing growing cases of Omicron, and that's a concern. But right now, uh, we are still in a situation where Delta is what we're really concerned about. And the, the illness and severity that comes from Delta continues to be an issue here. And so as folks think about getting the booster in relation to Omicron, I think it's also important just to know that um, we, we still are at risk for Delta as well. And that that protection is very important when we think about serious hospitalization and, and even death. Uh, Eric and Burbank messaged us on Facebook. Uh, can Professor Choi comment on what appears to be a lot of positive COVID tests in pro sports lately? Yeah, the Chicago Bulls having to cancel a couple of games. The Rams are seeing a growing number of players on the COVID pro- uh, protocol list. More than 100 uh, players in the NFL, NBA, and NHL just this week have entered their respective league's uh, COVID protocol. Protocols. What's going on, Professor Choi? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, I'm not an expert on professional sports. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and put up front. But I think that uh, probably a lot of the reason why we're seeing that is because in professional sports teams, there's quite a lot of testing and very frequent testing. And that frequent testing leads to being able to catch those cases and those increases in spread that we might not be seeing in other groups where testing is not very frequent. Um, I think that, uh, again, when we think about going into the holidays and other sorts of settings, I think it's important for people to think about getting a uh, a COVID test uh, if you do have symptoms or have concerns. Uh, and then I would say the same thing I mentioned earlier, that getting those boosters is becoming increasingly clear is something that we really need to do. The other thing is that the NBA particularly, and I assume this is true of other pro leagues, is apparently quite effective at contact tracing. So if you have a player that has a, a, a positive test, whether it's accurate or not, and then anybody who came within contact with them according to the CDC guidelines uh, in contact tracing, then that person can be put on the list too. So, Professor, it would seem that you know you can get an exponential effect that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and that robust contract tracing is very important, you know, for catching any potential exposures. We, we certainly know that other settings of uh, schools, colleges, where there might be concern about spread, uh, there's, there's similar uh, attempts to try to do really good testing and contact tracing and make sure to catch those cases before they can spread. Maureen in Redondo Beach says, I'm fully vaccinated and boosted with Moderna. How safe would it be for me to have um, a few vaccinated guests over for an indoor Christmas dinner? Yeah, uh, this is a question um, a lot of a lot of people have. What's safe to do in the holidays? You know, I have pretty good confidence in our vaccines, and for people who are vaccinated, certainly for people who are boosted, um, I think that we can be really confident in the protections that the vaccine offers. Now, if you have people in your family or who might be in your gatherings that are not vaccinated or who are immune compromised, and and this also does include uh, young children who might not be able to be vaccinated, I think that's where we have to have a lot more caution about those gatherings and think about things like moving gatherings outdoors, smaller gatherings, or even not gathering with people who are unvaccinated. 
vaccinated, given the spread that we're seeing with Omicron. Uh, but for people who are vaccinated and boosted, uh, those vaccines offer very good protection, as far as we know. Uh, and I think that it's uh, safe to have those small gatherings with people who are vaccinated. All right. Um, why do we get side effects from vaccines? That's that's a question that people have. What What leads to that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think we've had some talk about side effects in the past, Larry, but this is a really good time to discuss it again, just given that a lot of people are going to be getting boosters and might be experiencing those side effects uh, that that might have come or might not have come with their their prior doses. So um, when we get vaccines, uh, they really work by activating our body's immune system uh, and causing an immune response to start that teaches our bodies how to fight off that virus if we see it again in the future. When that immune response is activated, it leads to the same symptoms that we get when we're sick. Those can be symptoms like uh, having a low fever, having muscle aches, feeling fatigued, having a headache. Uh, again, those, those kinds of things that we get when we're sick. And, and when we have those side effects after a vaccine, they're nothing that people need to be concerned about. Uh, they're really a signal that the vaccine is working and that your body is learning to, to respond to, to the virus and know how to fight it off in the future. Uh, and so for folks who are getting a booster, if you do have side effects, uh, you know, again, nothing to be concerned about as long as they are mild uh, and in kind of the range of what I just mentioned. Uh, I do think, though, that um, it's uh, prudent to to think about if you do have side effects to just plan for that next day. Uh, if you can do it on a Friday or perhaps on a day where you don't have to go to work, uh, just in case you are one of the folks that, that might have a few symptoms afterwards. Now, conversely, if someone doesn't have any noticeable effect to being vaccinated, is that a sign that the immune system might not have been triggered? You know, it's not, although that's a very good question. Uh, All of our immune systems are very different. Uh, We respond differently to viruses, and and when we have that immune response, it just varies quite a lot between people. So no reason to think that if you don't have symptoms, that that means that, you know, the body didn't respond to the vaccine or it didn't work. Uh, It's simply a difference in how our immune systems happen, and there's really no correlation between having very severe side effects and having much greater protection. Uh, it's just uh, variability in how we respond. Manoy tweeted AirTalk uh, asking about uh, once someone has had COVID, how long should you wait after having had it to get a booster shot? Uh, Yeah. So for folks who have had COVID, um, I I think it's prudent to get the booster shot right away. Um, You know, if if, as long as you're not currently COVID positive, Um, the the boosters uh, are being recommended for everyone who's had one of the prior vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. uh, And having COVID uh, is is still um, I'm sorry, it's not a reason not to get the booster. We have pretty good evidence that the protection offered by the vaccines is going to be quite a bit greater than what is offered by natural infection. But you wouldn't be concerned for someone who's recently recovered from COVID that when they take a booster, it's just going to knock them for a loop? That's uh, that's possible. Uh, it's as it is when we get a booster in general, because our bodies have seen uh, that spike protein that is created when we get the vaccine before. Uh, but it's kind of, again, similar to getting a booster. Even if you had side effects after the first or second dose or have had COVID in the past, it's not necessarily a reason not to get the vaccine. Those those side effects related to the vaccine are usually transient and temporary and really far outweigh the risk of getting COVID or being very sick from COVID. Peter in Pasadena asks if you have some advice on managing the side effects, minimizing the side effects of vaccination. 
Yeah, for people who are having side effects, um, you can take, uh, you know, Tylenol, ibuprofen, something like that to help with them if you're having pain, headaches, muscle aches, or or a low fever. Um, other than that, it's something that kind of like having a cold, uh, you kind of have to let it play out. Uh, usually they are transient and they're gone within just a day or two. Um, but, you know, what I'm recommending to folks is that if you can line it up so that you can get the booster on, a, a again, a Friday, uh, a day when you may not have to go to work right away in the morning, I think that's a good idea to do it that way if you can, just in case you are someone who um, who is feeling sick afterwards. Liz in the city of Orange emailed us, uh, I'm the COVID-19 compliance officer for my company, and I have a couple questions. First, what is the definition of indoor public settings? Yeah, I, I think that this question is probably coming from the recent uh, order from the California Department of Public Health uh, that masks need to be worn in indoor settings starting today, actually. Uh, and I believe that indoor settings are, are defined as places like uh, grocery stores, offices, uh, public transportation, anywhere where you might be gathered with other people in public spaces uh, that, that are not outdoors and, and that where the door may be closed and there's not ventilation. Um, this is uh, fairly new, uh, just coming out here uh, again today. But in L.A. County, um, of course, we've had an indoor mask ma- mandate for some time now and not, not much will change for us there. And Liz, wondering, uh, says the new mask mandate uh, seems a bit confusing regarding privately owned workplaces. The order states masks are required to be worn in all indoor public settings, which goes a step above what OSHA's face covering regulations are. So, so she wonders, does the state mandate supersede OSHA's regulations? That's a good question. Uh, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure how that would work in terms of which one would have precedent. Uh, uh, but again, um, from my understanding of the state mandate, uh, it does apply to all indoor settings and will last about a month. Uh, and, and the expectation is that people uh, wear masks regardless of vaccination status. Anina in Beverly Grove uh, says, um, what does the new intel mean for children newly vaccinated with two Pfizer, Pfizer doses in terms of them getting boosted? Also, any word on uh, when children under five may get approval to be vaccinated? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the boosters currently are authorized for adults, and so we, we don't uh, yet have them authorized for kids, uh, kids who might be um, under the age, uh, or I'm sorry, above the age of five. Uh, and again, all children over the age of five can get a vaccine, uh, but boosters are not yet authorized. I suspect that we will know more on that soon, uh, that there will be studies coming out that uh, help us know if those boosters are needed for kids and if they're safe. But at this time, uh, they are not recommended for kids because we just don't have uh, data on that yet. All right. And uh, Jason in Long Beach says, uh, is it possible to uh, have caught the Delta variant recently, then catch Omicron after or even simultaneously? So essentially, does Delta provide any protection against Omicron? Interesting. That That's a very interesting question. You know, theoretically, if you do uh, get the coronavirus, you know, you have some antibodies from that infection. However, I'm not sure if uh, the antibodies resulting from a Delta infection would be more or less effective against Omicron. And I, I think that we just don't quite have the data yet to answer those kinds of questions. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's theoretically possible, but we'll, we'll have to wait for more data on that to know for sure. Thank you so much, Professor. As always, great to have you with us again on Air Talk today. Thanks, Larry. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of COVID in LA. If you'd like to stay up to date with the latest coronavirus news, you can listen anytime at las.com, at kpecc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. See you next time and stay safe. I'm Larry Mantle. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.